0: I am going to do one more week on prayer because the week that we talked about authority, I, I wasn't able to get to several or a few real important uh, scriptures. And so we're going to talk one more week about prayer. And then uh, we'll, we're going to start a family series, actually, the week after Philip is here. So I'm very excited about that. And we're going to look at um, the family aspect of... Uh, the Christmas season, uh, not only with the natural family of Christ, but we're going to talk about our own families. And so it's real important, uh, family relationships and what's going on in your family and how you are honoring God in your family, how you're walking in love. I mean, it's real exciting. <laughs> Brother Hagan said one time, well, many times, I think. I remember a couple specific times. He said, you know, if I want to see how spiritual someone is, I don't look to see what gifts of the spirit that they're used in. He said, I want to go to their house and see how they treat their family. Then I'll tell you who's spiritual and who's not. And so um, sometimes you put a lot of effort into walking in love with people you work with or people you want to minister to. Uh, and then those that are closest to you kind of end up getting the shorter end of the stick, so to speak. And so um, that's where you should really be showing some of the greatest love. Well, let's look over in, um, we're going to look in Isaiah. But first of all, I want to read Luke chapter 18 and verse 1. Luke chapter 18 and verse 1. Let's pray before we read. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you that your word is alive and full of your power, that your word is sharp and it, can divide and does divide soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It's a discerner of our thoughts and the intents of our heart. Father, thank you that you speak to us, that we're not alone, but you, you live on the inside of us. You not only help us, but you show us things to come by your spirit. Thank you that he's living within us, revealing to us, opening up your word. Father, I pray that every one of us will have spiritual ears to hear, that will hear what your spirit's saying, and that will walk in the light of it. We thank you for the power of your word, that as your word goes forth, that it goes forth under your anointing and under your power. We honor you. We honor your word. We thank you that every sickness and every disease in this place has to bow at the name of Jesus, that there is no authority uh, that is higher than that name. We thank you, Father. We command everybody to line up with your word. We command everybody to walk and to function in the fullness of your plan for our bodies. We command, we speak strength and command strength into our bodies. We command strength and alertness into our minds. Father, we thank you. We honor you with our bodies, which are yours. Father, we thank you for these bodies. We thank you that every part functions the way you designed. In the name of Jesus, We thank you that sickness and disease are far from us. We thank you that because of Jesus, we are healed. Because of Jesus, we have been redeemed. We have been set free because of your goodness and your mercy. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, Your confession is important. In every part of your life, your confession is important. (laughs) I love the Holy Spirit. Your confession is vital. What you have to say about it. What are you going to say about it? Um, uh, Some of my children are out, so that's good. So I'll, I'll say a little more. Well, you never want to like sacrifice your children at the expense of ministering to someone, right? So sometimes kids can get embarrassed, those type of things. So since uh, um, particularly with my boys, I've been working on confession, like your confession. Because I noticed something and um, what I noticed was uh, I would give them words of direction, let's call them. And it could be words of correction or words of direction. Or I, would, I would release words from my mouth uh, because of situations that would happen. And what I noticed was the response, you know, they have to say, yes, dad, or yes, mom. Or if they want to say, yes, sir, they can say, yes, sir, because we're kind of technically in the South. Okay. <laughs> and so, but they have to say one of those things. They can't say, yeah. Yeah. You know, they say, yes, dad, yes, mom, or yes, sir, yes, ma'am. And so uh, uh, they say something like, yes, dad. I say, what would you say? (laughs) Nothing, nothing, nothing. (laughs) I said, what do you mean nothing? No, you just said something. Uh, I shouldn't have said it. I said, but you did. I said, you understand what's happening, right? Do you understand what's going on? No. And I said, you are rebelling. You, you. I said, if you, you ever hear me teach about the power of your words, and they say, yeah. And I said, you're still speaking words because your flesh doesn't want to come under that, and so you're letting those words escape in a mumble because you have such your flesh has such a craving to get that out. Well, that that's not you know. I know you've never done that. Certainly I haven't ever said something I shouldn't say, you know. Well, that's not okay. I mean, that's human, okay? So we're all gonna like uh, grow through those things and hopefully you're, you better be doing better this year than you were last year. Uh, but your confession is so vitally important. And if communication, naturally speaking, is 80% nonverbal, well, then, what about your demeanor? What about your tones? What about your, the attitude from which you speak? Well, when you're, speaking, when you're speaking the words of God, you ought to be speaking them from 2 Corinthians 4.14, we having that same spirit of faith, right? That same spirit of faith that David had when he ran at the giant, and he did not run at the giant saying, that's probably not going to work. Uh, I'm probably going to trip. This would be the one time I can't, you know, put that stone between his eyes. No, he said, how dare, how dare you defy the armies of the living God? How dare you? Well, he's not coming there in his own strength and his own power to be saying that. He's saying, how dare you defy God? Well, do you know, anytime the devil comes against you or your family, he is not coming. Well, if you recognize it, he's not coming just against you. He's coming against a child in the family of God. And so you come with the authority of God himself, of Jesus Christ. And we we need to stand in that authority. So our confession is vitally important. Luke 18, 1, Jesus said, men ought always to pray and not faint. Amplified says, pray and not, listen to this, pray and not turn coward, faint, lose heart, or give up. So how are you not gonna turn coward, faint, lose heart, and give up? Number one, pray. Men ought always to pray, and not faint or lose heart or give up. God is, a, God is a miracle working God. And He's the same today that He was yesterday, and then He will be tomorrow. If He ever did one miracle, He'll do another one. Amen. I am God, I change not, he said. What shall who shall we say? Moses, who shall I say has sent me? He said, Tell them I am. I am what? I am the deliverer. I am the redeemer. I am the miracle worker. Today, just as as much as he was in what we call the Old Testament, he is God. I want to sing that song. Maybe you can sing it for me. You know, the old, uh, we have Philip sing it next week. God is God. He don't ever change. Men are always to pray and not lose heart. Uh, Wu's translation says, all at all times be praying and not be losing courage. Pray and not give up. Pray consistently and never quit. Always pray and do not faint. Always pray and never become discouraged. That's good news Bible there. God's word. Pray at all times and never give up. And then basic Bible. Go on making prayer. And not get tired. These are the the words of Jesus. Men ought always to pray. So, uh, you know, praying always, Ephesians 6 18, with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. And watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplications for all saints. So we ought to always pray. Somebody say, how do you always pray? What, what, what if I have a job? And what if I have to go uh, out of the house and be with people? You know, I- I'm always praying in my heart. I'm always checking with the Lord. What, Lord, Lord, what do you have to say about this? Somebody say, well, I, gotta, I don't know, i got to pray about that. Well, there's some things that you have to do that with. But if you just stay in fellowship with the Lord, then you're in constant communion with the Lord. Because, you know, he has thoughts about everything that enters your mind, that your eyes see, that your ears hear. And uh, you can begin to develop spiritually so much that, you know, you just know ahead of time with really out even what we call formal prayer. But you're really living a lifestyle of prayer. So, you know, you know uh, what to do and where to go. All right. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 43. Isaiah chapter 43. Verse twenty-five: I even high, I am He that blotteth out your transgressions for My own sake, and I will not remember your sins. Put me in remembrance; let us plead together. Declare Thou that Thou mayest be justified. And then just turn the page over or scroll down a little bit, and uh, we'll go to Isaiah forty-five eleven one of the most astounding scriptures in the Bible. Ask me of the things to come concerning my sons and concerning the work of my hands, command ye me. I got to read that again. This is the Lord speaking to you and to me. Ask me of the things to come. He said, ask me of the things to come concerning my sons And concerning the work of my hands, command ye me. Let us plead together, right? Isaiah 43, let us plead together. Declare your cause, declare your case, right? And so uh, it's not just whatever will be, will be. It's not just uh, whatever the will of God uh, is, that's what's gonna happen. No, he said, put me in remembrance. He doesn't forget But he said, put me in remembrance. Remember Ezekiel, uh, was it Ezekiel 22, verse 30. And I sought for a man among them who would make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it, but I found none. And so the Lord, I like how John Wesley said, it seems that God does nothing in the earth except someone first ask him. God has tied himself Uh, irrevocably to the cooperation of humans. In other words, he's looking for a man, a woman, a boy, a girl, someone who will stop confessing what they see and confessing what they feel and confessing what they, the big they say, right? They say, there's this new variant, variant number 265. Sounds a lot like the common cold, but anyhow. Men ought always to pray and not lose heart and not faint and not lose courage and not become discouraged. Right? So if everything on your lips, well, you say, well, yeah, but I believe that. I believe that in my heart. Uh, Well, you know, most people, most of us have phones that can record. So maybe you could just take, in the evening after work, you could take and record for an hour or two your conversation. (laughs) Really just pushing the record button is like putting a a muzzle on your mouth or a little bit or uh, changing, right? Because you know, wait, wait, this is recorded. (laughs) Well, maybe there's some things you have no business saying anyhow. And um, just a piece of natural wisdom, everything is recorded nowadays. Well, check up on what you're saying. Because just because you believe in your heart, if it's not coming out your mouth, uh, you don't believe as you ought. You believe as far as you know but you don't believe as you ought. In other words, what you believe is ultimately coming out of your mouth. Out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. So what's kind of overflowing or alive or living in your heart, it's gonna come out of your mouth. And so if you wanna find out what you really believe, just check up on what you've been saying. Check up on what's been coming out of your mouth. And somebody said, well, no, I believe all that. Okay, but then why are you spending 80% of your time talking about what the news says? and 2% talking about what the Bible says. So it's not like on Sunday morning we talk about the Bible, on Sunday morning we talk about the Lord. No, it's a lifestyle of communion with the Lord through prayer and through the Word. He said, ask me of the things to come concerning my sons and concerning the work of my hands. Command you me. Now let's look at an example of this over in Genesis chapter 18. Genesis chapter 18. About uh, three months ago, uh, while we were worshiping here, the the Lord spoke to me about um, authority and about standing in our place of authority as a church. And so it is very vital. Things don't just happen automatically. Uh, You must stand your ground. You must um, stand on the word. And refuse to allow the devil to destroy your family, to destroy your life, to destroy uh, the work of your hands. The devil's come to steal, kill, and destroy. But we have authority over every one of his works. And if you don't let him, he cannot, he cannot steal from you. Generally, the way he steals from you is through your own mouth he's going to make things, you know, deception means you, you make false things appear real, right? So that's to deceive someone. So I, you know, I always think of the Wizard of Oz. That's my generation, I guess, you know. Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain, right? He's just some puny little guy. <laughs> uh, confused and befuddled, you know. Um, and uh, um, so the devil will make your body feel a certain way. Or he'll give you thoughts in your mind or he'll give uh, thoughts to the world system and the world system, you know, the world system is created and constituted by those who have turned away from God. That is what the Bible calls the world system. So the world system in its essence, its substance, what it is, is a system of people who have chosen to turn away from God. So why are you trying to impress them? There's no reason to impress the world, right? If we want to impress the world, we yield to God and let him impress them, right? I like Smith Wigglesworth. He said, uh, you know, we want none of the entertainments that other churches are offering. We will let God come in and he will entertain us himself. All right, so here we find where... Abraham is pleading the case of Sodom and Gomorrah. Verse 22. And the men turned their faces from there and went toward Sodom. But Abraham stood yet before the Lord. And Abraham drew near and said, will you also, he's talking to the Lord, will you also, uh, what we would call prayer, will you also destroy the righteous with the wicked? Peradventure there be 50 righteous within the city. Will you also destroy and not spare the place for the fifty righteous that are in there? Uh, that be far from you to do after this manner to slay the righteous with the wicked, and that the righteous should be as the wicked. That be far from you. Will not or shall not the judge of all the earth do right? So he's putting him in remembrance. You know, remember, you're you're a righteous judge. You're a merciful God. Uh, would would you destroy the righteous with the wicked? Well, you know, um, he, he's going to go down. How many of you ever read this before? Nobody's read this before? People read it. Nobody's responding with their hands. Okay. <laughs> I'll finish and then I'll make the comment in case, in case you haven't. And the Lord said, if I find in Sodom 50 righteous within the city, then I will spare all the place for their sakes the audacity of a man to talk to God and say, I don't really like what you're doing. That's not not even your character. Why are you acting that way? And Abraham answered and said, Behold now, I have taken upon me to speak to the Lord, which am but dust and ashes. Don't miss that. He said, I am but dust and ashes, and I am speaking to the Lord God. In other words, Abraham, he's not saying like the Pharisee and the publican where Jesus talked about, you know, I have served you. I give a tenth of everything, even though Abraham did. The tithe started with Abraham before the law when Melchizedek, a type of Jesus Christ, met him. Coming back from the when he uh, won victory over the kings, uh, Abraham honored. But he said, I am but ashes and dust, and I'm speaking to you. In other words, this is not in my great strength and my great power. It's all because of you. So that's a good thing to remember when you're coming to pray. You gotta come humbly. You gotta come honestly. You gotta come openly. Peradventure, verse 28, there shall uh, lack 50 of five of the 50 righteous, will you also destroy uh, for lack of five? In other words, 45 people. And he said, if I find there 45, I will not destroy it. And he spoke to him yet again and said, uh, peradventure there be 40 found here. And he said, I will not do it for 40's sake. And he said, oh, uh, let the Lord not be angry and I'll speak. Uh, Peradventure there be 30 found here. And he said, I will not do it if I find 30 there. And he said, Behold now, I have taken upon me to speak to the Lord peradventure, or what if, what if there's 20 found there? And he said, I will not destroy it for 20's sake. And he said, Oh, let not the Lord be angry, and I will speak yet uh, but this once. What if there's 10, or peradventure there shall be 10 found there? And he said, I will not destroy it for the 10's sake. And the Lord went his way, and as soon as he had left, communing with Abraham, And Abraham returned to his place. Just think about that. Abraham was under the old covenant. Now he saw our day and he rejoiced to see our day, and he is our father of faith, uh, but he's under the old covenant. What about your prayers? When you plead with the Lord, when you set forth your cause, when you say concerning my, Lord, you said concerning my sons and the work of my hands, command ye me. What's that mean? Tell me what to do about my sons, my daughters, my children. What about you? What about me? Well, I was, I was uh, uh, meditating one day a few years ago and um, I was kind of thinking about this and I thought, yeah, that's amazing. That is real amazing, the authority that a man or a woman has with God. And I thought, that's interesting. You know, and then I I was listening to a recording by Kenneth Hagin where he talked about the last church he ever pastored. And uh, the Lord told him when he was at that church, he started to feel like something wasn't right. And so he started praying the way he described it. He said, "Uh, uh, I feel like, it's like you wash your feet with your socks on. In other words, you're getting the job done, but it doesn't feel quite right. right? So if you, if you go to wash your foot with your sock on, you, know, you, you feel that sock in there. And spiritually, that's kind of how he felt. He, he's like, well, you know, I'm, I'm pastoring, and the attendance was the highest it would ever been at the church. The money was the best it's ever been. The parsonage that they lived in was the best parsonage that they'd ever lived in. So it wasn't a natural thing. But there was just something on the inside. And so as he took time to seek the Lord, you know, sometimes when you pray, you don't immediately know what's going on. You have to submit things before the Lord. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And so uh, because the primary way that God speaks to us is through the inward witness. You you don't always have a distinct, you know, three-sentence answer from the Lord. Uh, Paul said many times, it seemed good to me and the Holy Ghost. He said, it seemed good. He didn't even say the Lord said. He said, it seemed good to me and the the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit. And so, um, anyhow, I was hearing him talk about this, and finally, when he heard from the Lord, The Lord said, the problem is I never did call you to pastor to begin with. Now, somebody said, well, he was out of the will of God for all those uh, 13 years pastoring and two years traveling. No, uh, that was the plan of God. But there's a training time. And so it was time for him to enter the first phase of the ministry that the Lord called him to. In fact, the Lord told him that. He said, you're going to enter the first phase of the ministry I've called you to. He said, wait, you mean I've been in ministry for 15 years And I'm just now entering the first phase of ministry that you call me to? And the Lord said, many ministers live and die and never get into the first phase. That's the reason some of them die young. And so, anyhow, I was thinking on that. And I I thought, uh, you know, he, he was relating that story. And he said, so as soon as the Lord told me that, he said, I thought, hmm, I'm not a pastor, so I must be an evangelist. Because uh, he was part of the Assemblies of God way back then, and um, that's all they recognized was pastors and evangelists. And so he thought, he thought, I'm not a pastor, so I'm an evangelist. So he set out to be an evangelist. Man, the Lord did not provide. He wore his car out, wore his shoes out. What's wrong, Lord? I'm doing what you said. So he went to seeking the Lord. You understand what I say when I say the Lord did not provide. He put his own uh, interpretation on what the Lord said. You know, remember where uh, Paul told Timothy, study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. What's he talking about rightly dividing? The word of God. Well, if you have to rightly divide the word of God, how much more do you have to rightly divide what you get from God in prayer or what you get from God through tongues and interpretation or prophecy? Any of those things, if the word of God can be wrongly divided. Most people miss it on the interpretation they put on what God spoke to them. So I was thinking about this. And as I was thinking about it, um, uh, the Lord witnessed in my spirit. Did you ever notice that Abraham went through all of these 50, 45, 30, 20, 10? And I said, yeah, that's amazing. He could say that to you. He said, don't you think I knew the whole time that there were not even 10 righteous? And I said, yes, I noticed that. How come you didn't tell him just from the get-go? Because I thought, like, you're a God. Wouldn't you just say, like? So it really changed my prayer life because I recognized just because you ask God something doesn't mean that he'll tell you the whole picture, even on what you're asking about. I mean, I I kind of, uh, you know, in the natural, I'm an efficiency guy, so I would, uh, any, like, regular job I would do, I would love to go in and figure out, how can I make this more efficient? How can we make this, like, uh, like what you're doing with uh, all the the giving bags and stuff like that? I love to do that. Like, you know, I would do a, I worked at the National Security Agency for a few years, and a position I was in, uh, I went in, and that's one of the things I did, and I, I took and made it super efficient, and that was so fulfilling and so fun, you know? So I'm thinking, like, Lord, this is really inefficient, I mean, Abraham's saying 50, 45. But you know what? Abraham never did ask the Lord. Lord, how many righteous are there? He never even did really ask the Lord, how come you're going to destroy the righteous with the wicked? He just said, that's not like you. That's not like you to do that. And so when you pray and talk to the Lord... Uh, I developed in my own prayer life uh, where I would say, okay, Lord, I would get something from the Lord. I'd say, can you please explain that to me? Show me? Tell me more about that. Or I'd say, no, okay, I know you just said this, and I think it means this. Is that right? Or I would say, what does that mean? Literally. Like, your relationship with the Lord in prayer should be like your relationship with your best friend on the earth. As far as how you're talking. I remember, um, oh, it's getting late, but I, I remember, you know, there's things, things of the Spirit sometimes are caught more than they're taught. And so I remember in um, 1998, uh, I had just gotten uh, filled with the Holy Spirit in December of '97, right before the end of the year, two days before, or one day before. and. Um, so I was in a Southern Baptist church at that time and uh, I began um, sneaking off to a spirit-filled church because the Southern Baptists didn't realize that um, you know, there's neither male nor female in Christ. You know? So they weren't too hip on uh, female pastors. and So this church was pastored by a lady, a very anointed woman. I mean, they had at that time in the, in the late 90s, early 2000s, I think they'd had six clinically brain-dead people completely healed. The Lord healed them. So, so much so that that's down in Augusta, Georgia, that the Medical College of Georgia said, we'd like you to come in and teach alternative methods of healing. So, so they still do that. And uh, just a tremendous ministry, her name is Sandra Kennedy. So I would uh, sneak off to their church <laughs> And uh, they had this advertisement, that, you know, this minister was going to come and uh, gray hair and everything. And I'm like, oh, he must have a lot of wisdom. I want to make sure I, I get those. Well, that was the man by the name of Kenneth Hagan, And uh, I didn't know the difference between Hagan and Copeland or Copenhagen or any of that. I, I didn't know any of that. <laughs> Honestly, like people say that as a joke. I actually didn't know, like that's snuff or something where you dip. Is that what it's called? Anyhow, that and then Kenneth Copeland, Kenneth hagen I didn't know. And so uh, I went and, uh, boy, I was in for a, how do I make this story short, but I was in for a shock. The first night he got up and he said, you know, John G. Lake said that the um, power of God in the supernatural sphere is like electricity in the natural sphere. It can, sphere, it can be transmitted and it can be transferred. And uh, then he said, uh, he prophesied. I didn't realize he prophesied and it really came to pass in my life, exactly how he had prophesied it. And um, he said, if you'd like to go forward with God, I want you to physically get out of your seat and come forward. And so I did um, with a little timidity, but I did. And so there's like a thousand people up there, because you say that, I mean, who doesn't want to go forward with God, right? Very few people. So it's just jam-packed. So I'm sitting there, and uh, he comes up and uh, stands in front of the pulpit on the edge, and he said, be blessed. And when he said, be blessed, like a line of people, it's a jammed crowd of people and a line of people just straight out from his hand about 20 feet back just fell out in the spirit and I thought what was that? Only those people fell. He didn't touch any of them and then he said be blessed like this and people like right in front of me just they're just out and I was like I had not seen anything like that so and then they prayed for people's eyes to be healed and I thought what is this? They think the Bible's like happening now? (laughs) So so I gave $5 in the offering. I guess my parents had taught me right, and I thought, you know, I'm going to give. I'm not going to give, but I I don't want to give too much in case this is of the devil. (laughs) Not helping the devil. So I get home to my apartment, lived alone, and I'm like, okay, Lord, I don't know what that was. Was that of you? Was that of the devil? Did I waste my $5? I mean, I think I was making like about seven or $800 a month then. You know, so it was $5 was not a small amount of money. And, uh, and I had made some bad decisions too, so I, I was a little tight in the military there. So anyhow, um, you know what the Lord spoke to my heart? He said, he did not answer my question the way I wanted it answered. He said, you go back in the morning. And if you still have trouble with it, then I'll talk to you about it. I remember that to this day. So I went back in the morning, and you know what happened? Kenneth Hagin got up and he started teaching on prayer. And I I had never heard those scriptures. I'd heard them here in my, my natural ear, but I never heard them in my heart. And I'd never heard anybody talk to God like that like you'd talk to your best friend. And it just blew me away. And something got a hold of me in those meetings because he would teach on prayer and then we'd pray. And I guess it's like a spirit of prayer get off on you. And you can catch certain things uh, by praying with people and getting over in the spirit and you start to learn a lot of different things. And um, boy, it certainly changed the course of my life. I was engaged to a different woman. Not melody, not beautiful melody. (laughs) Thank God for the gifts of the Spirit. And thank God for men and women who will yield to the gifts of the Spirit and allow the Spirit to manifest Himself and allow the Holy Spirit to use them. Because I was on a different course. I was going to a a Southern Baptist seminary is where I was going to go. I was engaged to a different woman and the spirit of the Lord came on a man who chose to yield to him. And he began to speak that this is a turning point in your life and the decisions that you make here will alter the course of your life. And I had no idea what he was doing, but the Lord did. Within two weeks, I was no longer engaged to that girl and I didn't even recognize it was a result of the word of the Lord. You honor the word, you'll be established. You honor the prophets, you'll prosper. Amen. Amen. Uh, l- let me read this, and then, and then we'll, cl- we'll finish. Now, I, how many of you heard of Charles Finney? I love Charles Finney ever since I first heard about him from Kenneth Hagan. And so uh, Charles Finney was a revivalist, and according to Dad Hagan, he was the greatest revivalist since the Apostle Paul. And, uh, you know, entire towns, the whole town of Rochester, New York, totally uh, turned to the Lord. They shut down all of the um, bars. They shut down all of the movie houses, uh, th- theaters, So they didn't even, that's not even like it is today. Imagine, imagine what they show today. Uh, It wasn't even like that. And um, everyone's at church coming together. But this is what Charles Finney uh, wrote concerning prayer. And uh, I think this would be a good icing on the cake here. He said, in regard to my own experience, I will say that unless I had the spirit of prayer, I could do nothing. If I lost the spirit of grace and supplication even for a day or an hour, I found myself unable to preach with power and efficiency or to win souls by personal conversation. I found myself so much exercised and borne down with the weight of immortal souls that I was constrained to pray without ceasing. Some of my experiences indeed alarmed me. A spirit of importunity would sometimes come upon me so that I would say to God that He had made a promise to answer prayer and that I could not and would not be denied. I felt so certain that He would hear me and that faithfulness to His promises and to Himself made it impossible that He should not hear an answer that frequently I found myself saying to Him, I love this, I hope you do not think I can be denied. I come with your faithful promises in my hand, and I cannot be denied. Well, that's his desire that every one of us would pray like that. You find in the Word, well, Lord, this is what you said in the Word. Your Word says this. Your Word declares this. I'm just bringing this up because you said put me in remembrance. And you said this to begin with, and this isn't right. Remember Daniel? He did that. He looked in the books of the prophets, and he said, this this shouldn't be this way. And so every one of us, of all places in Washington, D.C., ought to know your authority and ought to stand in the place of authority that God has placed you and, and speak. And sometimes when you're speaking, like at the beginning there, when we were talking about confession, I'm not just speaking to everybody that's in this room or everybody that's watching online or everybody that's gonna watch online or gonna listen online. You know who else I'm speaking to? There are some spirits that sometimes you got to say something and get the word of God in the atmosphere. Because the way Jesus fought against the devil and anything from the devil was with the word of God. And so sometimes you need to say something and you think, yeah, but everybody in this car already knows what I'm going to say. No, you need to declare it and you need to say it because there's other voices in the world and other beings in the world and they are going to think Oh, I got you, or whatever. Your confession builds the road. That's, right. that's, right. that's why I say to my kids, you are not going to mumble away. Because I, you know, my natural mind's like, well, it's just a little, yeah. And they, they know they shouldn't do it, and that's why they're mumbling it and everything like that. No, they know they shouldn't do it. Their own spirit is grieved when they do it, and the devil's trying to get a hold of them through. Seriously, if you've ever done anything like that, think about it. Why is that happening? Because the devil wants you, and he wants to control your mouth. And if he can control your mouth, he can control your destiny. But if you submit your mouth to God, James talked about it under the Holy Spirit. He said, This is the hardest beast to tame. Man has tamed everything but the tongue, man cannot tame the tongue. God can tame the tongue. You submit to God, watch your tongue come in line. And if you learn this, the Holy Spirit said through James, you'll be a perfect man, perfect and entire, wanting nothing. That doesn't mean you make no mistakes. That means you're a mature believer. And with that, just like a horse or a ship, with your mouth, you can turn the direction of your life. And you can turn the direction of others' lives when you pray. You can turn the direction of a nation. And so uh, we believe God. Paul on the ship, everyone else on the ship, they said, we're going down. He said, no, the Lord's already spoken to me. He said, wherefore, sirs, I believe God. Uh, you know how I see that is like he's looking, he's feeling. He, 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 you know, he's got the cold water coming in on him too. He can see that the ship's going to sink. He had an angel of the Lord stand by him. You know, even before he went on that trip, he didn't say the Lord told me it's going to be a, a rough trip. He said, sirs, I perceive that this voyage is going to be with great peril and much damage. He said, I perceive. But they didn't listen to him. They just said, well, doesn't matter, we're going. They probably didn't believe anyhow. So then in the middle of the storm, just like he perceived, well, what would we say? Well, We might want to say like, well, the Lord already told, said it was going to be this way, so I guess it's just going to be that way. I told you so. Now he said, an angel of the Lord, God, who I belong to and who belongs to me, stood by me this night and said, don't be afraid. You're going to lose the ship. You're going to lose everything on the ship, but every man's life will be spared. He said, in the middle of that, he said, wherefore, I believe God. It will be the way he said it. It is interesting when you hear from God, you speak. That's confession. Faith is hearing from God. You know, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the rhema of God. Rhema is the word that God makes real to you. Either you see it or you hear it or you just know it. And all of a sudden, you get that and you speak that. You watch, it'll come to pass every single time. Every single time. Stand if you would. You know, you don't have to serve in the White House or the Capitol Building or the Pentagon or any of the support uh, agencies. Now, some people are saying. (laughs) You have to follow the Holy Spirit. In order to have the voice that God intended for you to have, you don't have to physically be in those places. You can speak with authority from where you're at. You think you get off the hook, but the thing about it is, you don't have to be in those places unless God told you to be. And then there's no other place you can be. There's no other place that would satisfy But we have authority. The church has authority. The government shall be upon his shoulders. And so we have a place that we have to stand. Um, uh, You guys remember, uh, he's still alive, thank the Lord, Congressman Scalise. So... I was, you know, we live out in the country. And uh, the morning he was shot, I was uh, down praying. And all of a sudden, while I was praying, uh, my spirit, I had this uh, warning of danger of a physical nature. And I didn't know who it was, but I knew it was one of the senators or congressmen. So I began praying and I, you know, I have my phone on airplane mode, so I didn't know anything going on. And this is that morning before it happened. And I don't believe I'm the only one, but I'll tell you what, the Lord will use you. You know how many people could have been murdered in that? And so uh, I wasn't physically down there, but I was there in spirit, I'll tell you that. And uh, that doesn't give you. Uh, escape pod, if you're called to be there, you know, then you're there and you're praying while you're there. Praise the Lord. I think we should pray. Father, we we thank you. We praise you. Hallelujah. You're a good God. Hallelujah. Thank you for caring about us. Thank you for preparing the way for us. Thank you for preparing us for this day and this time and this season. Thank you for giving us the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you that you are God that made all of the earth, all of the universe, every creature on the earth, and that you're a good God, that your thoughts are good, your ways are good, your plans are good. Father, we submit ourselves to your plan, your purpose, to do it your way. Father, we thank you for your anointing upon every life. Thank you for your call upon every life. May we not live one inch short of what you've called us to do. Father, I thank you for the blessings that you give to humanity through men and women who follow you, through men and women who yield to you. Hallelujah. 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 Father, we walk not, we don't make decisions, we don't walk in a path sometimes of our own choosing. But Father, our heart and our plan and what we will do is to walk in the path that you have set before us and follow the plan that you have made and that you have created. And we thank you, Father, for your supply and your anointing and your equipping that we can be what you've called us to be and we can do what you've called us to do and we can stand in the place that you've called us to stand. Father, we thank you for your anointing upon every life and every person, your call upon every life and every person. Father, we thank you that we're not alone, that that we have you on the inside that we can uh, get your answer any time, day or night, that we walk with you and talk with you all the days of our life. Father, we thank you. Hallelujah. That you alert us to danger. That you alert us and and we know uh, things to pray for. And that we have uh, your spirit that we can pray in other tongues, even if we just have a, a clue or a hint, but we don't know the exact way and the exact thing that we can pray it out in the spirit and you'll give us utterance in the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father, that we can sing in the spirit and we can sing in the understanding that we can pray in the spirit we can pray in the understanding thank you father that your church is full of life and full of power and full of vigor and full of might that this is not our darkest day but it's the brightest day that your church is rising up like a like a mighty giant in the name of Jesus father we thank you for a great awakening Every church in this area, this region that names the name of Jesus, that it'll be like a a coming back and a coming into the fullness and the plan and the purpose that you have planned, that you have placed. Father, we thank you for an awakening among our leadership of this nation. Father, give them another opportunity. Give them another chance. Father, we pray for a flood of your glory. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, not only here but around the nation, around the world, Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. That even though the end is near, that we still have more time. And we can preach and we can teach, we can love and we can declare. But the time is short. Jesus is coming soon. Hallelujah. We look for that day. But Father, thank you right now that we live in an age of mercy. Your mercy. Your mercy to save, your mercy to deliver. Hallelujah. Thank you that you're a patient God. We plead the blood of Jesus over every leader in this nation. Father, we pray, whatever words, yeah, they may have heard them before, but send someone to speak to them again. Father, that they can hear your words and have another opportunity to turn, turn their lives to you, turn their families to you, Father, we pray for their staffs, for every every uh, uh, person serving in the, and, and helping in those arenas that you'd give them your wisdom, that they would have boldness to speak your ideas, your thoughts, your wisdom, your plan. Father, we pray for the integrity of our elections. Father, we pray that you'd give uh, light to dark areas. Father, that, that light would shine, that we would uh, have righteous men and women serving that righteousness can exalt this nation again. Father, we thank you for your righteousness, that your way is right, that you are right. We thank you for your plan and your purpose. It will come to pass. Thank you for those that are praying and that have been praying and that continue to pray. Father, we humble ourselves before you. We turn from selfish ways and we turn ourselves to you. Hallelujah. We humble ourselves before you. Thank you for the power of prayer. That miracles are happening even now. Thank you for, oh, thank you for this season of prayer that you gave us. This season of, oh, of walking with you in a closer way. This season of hearing from you. And this season of changes. Even the things that we didn't expect that you've already done. That have come to pass. And things actually that are even now coming to fruition. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if, if you're here this morning, you're watching uh, online, you're in the room, you don't know Jesus Christ and you'd like to, I'd like you to raise up your hand right now. I want to pray with you and I want to pray for you. Jesus is Lord. The time is short. Jesus is coming very, very soon. If you only knew how soon it was, uh, your natural mind would be shocked. Jesus is coming soon. It's not the time to be about other things. It's time to be about the things of the kingdom. Jesus loves you. Maybe you've been part of the family of God, but you got distracted just with, things that happen in life, or maybe you just made some big mistakes and you feel so far away from God. Well, the devil wants you to feel far from God. But you know, any of us, you just turn to God. He sees you far off and he has already made provision and made a way. Don't believe the lie of the devil uh, that God's mad at you because he's not, that God's shocked at you because he's not. He loves you and he made a way for you and he wants you part of his family. He wants you back, and he doesn't deal with you according to how you perform. He deals with you according to how Jesus performed, and he performed perfectly. God loves you with a love that outlasts and overwhelms any mistake and any problem, any failures that you have had in your life. You are not a mess up. You are not a mistake. God has a purpose for you and your life. God knew you when you were in your mother's womb. He has not changed his mind about you. He doesn't see you the way other people sees you. He sees you perfect in Christ. I'm going to pray a prayer in just a few seconds, and when I do, if you'd like to give your life to God through Jesus Christ, all you have to do is, from your heart, pray this prayer after me. We're all going to pray it together, believers. And if you'd like to be born again or come back to the Lord, I want you to pray with it, it, with us as well. Say this. Say, oh God, I believe Jesus Christ is your son. And that he died on the cross to take away my sins. Jesus, I've decided to follow you. Come into my heart. Be my Lord. I'm going to live for you. I give you my life. Father God, thank you that I am your child. Fill me with your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.